With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The word Ubuntu means I am who I am because of you. It's not a word, it's a way of life. It's about giving yourself to each other. I can't be all I can be unless you all you can be. To me, it means sacrifice. I wasn't on a team, but I, I believed in it. You know, when I first heard it, I was inspired by it, by its concepts. The Celtics had already lived in Butu. We just created the word for it. Then we start doing it. draws the foul, bats it in, and one! Deflected by Eddie House, kicked off by Pierce, Ray Allen for the game, got it, at the buzzer! You heard it, they heard it, everyone heard it. Ubuntu, the final word to rattle the hallways before the 2008 Boston Celtics took to the court. It was their mantra, their lifestyle, their philosophy. But Ubuntu never comes into existence in Boston if all the stars didn't align during the 2007 offseason. The pieces, namely Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen, needed to fall into place. And then the Celtics needed to hand those pieces over to an up-and-coming coach who always had his eyes on the bigger picture. I'm Wick Grosbeck, lead owner since 2002 and really lucky to be part of the 08 team because of that. I want to tell you about the hiring of Doc. Danny and Steve Pagliuca and I thought hard about whom we should hire, and Danny recommended that we go and meet Doc in Orlando, who had just been let go by the Magic. And he said, look, I've known Doc, and he's the kind of leader I want to have around here. I recommend that we go interview Doc seriously. 
and went and met him personally in his home in Orlando. And I was just so impressed with his confidence and his personal style and his sense of humor and, you know, all of his great energy, you know. And we talked about the championship team that day, that night. We all talked about it. And he said, listen, guys, I will coach your team during the rough times we have ahead. You've got a bunch of young kids and you want to play the kids and build them up and keep some. And maybe we trade some for, for a great player. This was all in the works when we hired Doc. And Doc said, I'll coach the team now if, and he looked at me and he said, Wick, if you promise I can coach the championship team. I said, it's a deal. And you know what? It worked out exactly that way. I'm Danny Ainge of the Boston Celtics. I thought Doc was the right guy to lead any team that we had that year, but the big three, um, first of all, I felt like he deserved the right. And second of all, I thought he, his personality was, and his coaching style was good for them. It's a six point game. We're shooting 57%. How was the game still close? He played the game. He understood the kind of talent we had. My name is Sam Cressel. I was the backup point guard on the 2008 Boston Celtics. He just built in the pieces. He, he, was, he was very upfront on how he was going to coach the basketball team. Very demanding, very demanding, very demanding. <laughs> the way that he's able to get you to buy in is unreal. I mean, seriously. They have that old saying where Doc could tell you could run through that wall and you just trust him knowing that you really can't, but that's how he have you feeling. My name is Kendrick Perkins, better known as Big Perk, and I was the starting center on the 2008 championship Boston Celtic team. Doc made everybody buy into their roles, and that's what happens when you have great coaching, right? But guys buy into their roles, guys buy into the system, and then you start winning. And once you start seeing the results of winning, you're like, man, I trust the hell out of Doc because he's putting us in position to be successful. He knew what he had in Pierce, and they were able to uh, get through any issues they had. Ray Allen, smart veteran. KG, smart veteran. So he was able to go big picture on them and say, hey, this is what we're playing for. My name is Michael Holly. I'm the author of The Big Three, the rebirth of the Boston Celtics with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. Our job is to keep turning up the pressure. That's what we have to do, all right? Keep turning it up. But the only way you got to do that, you got to compete, all right? I think he was able to tap into each guy's competitiveness, each guy's anxiety, professional anxiety with not winning a championship and not wanting to go out like that. And also his own experience because he never won a championship. So he wanted to win, like people forgot, he wanted to win as badly as those guys. But he needed something, a rallying cry to mold individual greatness into team greatness. And he found it on a random summer day and of all places, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. My name is Doc Rivers and I was a head coach of the 2008 championship team. I was in a Marquette board meeting and uh, one of the board members, uh, we were having a break and uh, Stephanie Russell, she walked up to me and said, have you ever heard of the term Mbutu? Uh, and I said, no. Um, she said, well, I was just in Africa and I've been thinking about your team this, this upcoming season. I think it'd be an important word for you to learn. My name is Stephanie Russell. I'm the Vice President for Mission Integration at the Association of Jesuit Colleges and Universities. 
And I first met Doc when we entered Marquette the same year and then had a reacquaintance with him on the Marquette board. We had a lunch break and he and I sat together for the lunch break and I was telling him about this visit and telling him about what this really meant for the university, uh, particularly for the country of South Africa and to me personally. And um, he was very intrigued, started writing on a napkin. And so as we talked about it, Doc was asking, well, you know, where does this come from? What's the philosophy behind it? And as we kind of unpacked this, you know, this idea that as long as any other human being is struggling, then I am struggling, that I am because you are. A person is a person through other persons. Applies obviously to a team and it applies to a nation and to a globe. And so the more we talked about it, you know, he was asking, well, what would this do to, to bring a group of people together? You know, how would they come to see themselves as part of this? I went home or back to my hotel that night and then I looked the word up. And honestly, I was up and I've told this story. I was up all night because there are so many different definitions to it that fit team building. Right when I read this, I was looking for something that I thought could capture our guys. A person is a person through other people. You think about it, you know, with Ray, Paul, and Kevin, they had all been great individually in, in the places they've been, but they've never had to be great with each other. They never had to kind of give up themselves to a team to make the team great and then realize your greatness equals my greatness. Doc's enthusiasm for it made it really easy to support, of course. And as a coach, you're always trying to unify your team. You're always trying to bring them as one the best you can. And so like this was a another way that I hadn't ever heard of before that Doc was very enthusiastic for. So what the heck, let's do it. That's where luck happens, you know, in everything. And I didn't have a lot of faith how this was going to go down. But the first day in Rome, the night before the first practice, I brought the rookies in and I gave them the word in Butu. And I had every place that I wanted them to see in yellow so they could see it. And I told them the next day they were going to present it to the team. But I was really serious about it. Like I, I told them, guys, this is not going to be a joke thing. This is not a rookie hazing. You guys have to give a presentation of Mbutu and talk about it and talk about the meaning and how it can take over our team. I was there. It was fun. It was funny. They were trying to do their best. They did a good job. I was impressed that they had done some research and had good explanations and good definitions for the guys. I don't remember exactly what they said, but it was just a fun moment for the rookies. I love that he made the rookies actually do research on it, right? And it was almost like a homework assignment. Big Baby was like scrambling. I remember him for sure. Like he was panicking because he catch anxiety, right? When he gets put on the spot. This was early in his career. And I remember he was scrambling, like trying to figure out things. And he came with like stacks of papers in his hand. He had really dove into it. And it was amazing because the way that they broke it down, each one of them had went and did their own separate homework, right? And so... As a rookie, you're getting put in front of Kevin Garnett, who you probably looked up to growing up, right? Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and all these veteran guys, and we're standing around listening to you present something that's real. And it wasn't no joking matter, and everyone was serious. I had no faith in it. I thought it would turn into a comedy session, but it would be a way of just introducing it. 
and they were amazing. They did an amazing job. They were serious. They hit on each point. Each guy had his little area. So listen, uh, it worked out great. I, I couldn't have scripted that any better than the way he was presented to the team. My name is Steve Paliuka, co-owner and managing partner of the Boston Celtics. And I think what he was trying to do was to take three star players who had been the focal points of their teams and have them knit together. And that's a very hard thing to do in the NBA. As they say, when you're used to being the man, it's tough not to be the man. And he was asking these players to work together and make it be about the team, all the players, including the stars. And that was the clear message coming out of Ubuntu. So look, we'll go out to dinner or something, like all of us. Or if it was just you and one other person, or just all of us, and then everybody be like, oh, you got it, Ubuntu. I'm Paul Pierce. Captain of the Boston Celtics, 15 years, 2008 Finals MVP. Like say, I'll say, all right, all right, dinner on me. I'll be like, then at the end of dinner, I'll be like, you know what, Ubuntu, you know, Ticket got it, or Perk, you got it, Ubuntu, man, come on, right. Ubuntu. Right. So whenever we wanted to wanted a piece, you know, of something that another player had, we just say saying Butu. You know, we shared everything, and so we just say Butu. He'd be like, "All right, all right." So on the right, that we go to the Coliseum, Gladiator. So on the right, in Rome, you remember we took the, the picture in front of the Coliseum. Hoorah! Hoorah! And Paul had the sword in his hand, and he kept saying Butu, Butu. I thought they were kind of like joking the word. So I wasn't sure. And then I remember that first preseason game. I think it was Toronto. From Palo Lodomatica in Rome, Italy. Welcome to NBA Europe Live 2007. It is the Boston Celtics and Toronto Raptors. The, Raptors. the first five minutes was as good basketball you've ever seen in a preseason game. Oh, Kevin Garnett. He had a step. Give him a step. Uh, and I do remember turning to Tibbs and saying, man, we're going to be hard to beat. And, you know, Tibbs, it's a little early for that. And I'm, and, you know. So Doc had made his presentation to the team, and the team had turned it into a bit of a running joke, but the seed had officially been planted. Now, all he needed was someone to water it, and that person was known in short as Kita. Hi, my name is Leon Poe, and I was a power forward on the 2008 Boston Celtics championship team. He brought us this guy and he explained it to us. He explained in Butu what it mean to him and his family. And we was just in the huddle, in the locker room, going through it. And it was like, he couldn't have got through what he got through without the word in Butu. So it was interesting. I knew Keita before, you know, I uh, met him through basketballs without borders. And so I reached out to him about the word. Keita had come to my training camps in Orlando and I had him around a couple of times and and when I mentioned the word, he just lit up. Like he went into this entire thing about what it did to South Africa and how it saved Africa and how important the word is. And he kept saying, it's not a word, it's a way of life. My name is uh, Kita Thierry Matungulu. I'm uh, the Ubuntu key seller with the Boston Celtics team that won the championship in 2008. You know, he asked me if I knew the word. And uh, when he mentioned something that uh, I was very familiar with, that I knew very well, something that I live, to me was like, aha, finally, it's something that I can contribute and talk about. So I invited him to camp. And I said, hey, when we get back, I would love you to talk about this word. And obviously, when you have a guy 
that have actually lived the word from Africa that can present it as eloquently as Keita does, it was a layup again. It just fit. It was a perfect fit. Luca, I was in an environment of super athletes, super talent, you know, and everything was foreign to me. The way I went about it was the way I taught the young people in our OOPSOA program. You know, explain to them that uh, it's a way of life, they needed to live with empathy, you know, and that uh, uh, they needed to live uh, together, you know, complement one another for the success of the team. But I remember that just having this bunch of guys, you know, looking at this gentleman trying to teach them, and you, you can tell, you can sense that they didn't grab it. Keto was great, but at first he was a newcomer, so we like, who the hell is this, right? We like, Show ass out of here. Like, you know, I know. Like, but that's how it was. And then all of a sudden he was he was around more. And then we started feeling how genuine he was and how great of a guy he was. And, and he instantly became part of our family. Doc was able to uh, observe and say, look, you know, we're going to do it again. For me, that was uh, something that I thought was a challenge. You know, the following time, we use the word adversity, you know, and I think that resonates a lot with the player. Ultimately, I did three of uh, the teaching. It was a while before it worked, you know. I think uh, uh, when you, when I started talking to player, in fact, when the, the likes of Kevin and Ray and Paul uh, wanted to understand what it is that I was talking about, you know, I think they grasped a little bit of more detail on that. It wasn't, it didn't work the first time. It definitely didn't work the first time. <laughs> and once we kind of saw that he was part of our family and the way that he was able to interact with guys and we accepted him, then all of a sudden when he delivered it the second and third time, it was like, nah, let's, hey, buckle down, man. Let's hear how I got key to speak. You feel me? My name is Brian Scalabrini, and I was on that 2008 championship team. I did it the right way. Like, you, you don't want to force feed NBA players anything. It's just not how it works, right? Like, I know I know people probably want to make it seem like it's like that, that everyone's just sitting on every word. I think most people, and especially at the highest level, like, you have to earn their trust. You have to earn, earn their right to, like, give us something. We don't just buy whatever. You're not coming in as a salesman, open up the suitcase, we're buying everything, Right. That stuff is earned, and Doc knows that. Doc's been a part of the NBA for such a long time. So you bring Keita around, you know, he says one thing in practice, he moves on. It wasn't like he hit us with this and gave us a book and we sat there and read this book or anything like that. It was a little bit at a time. Keita was a guy that everybody respected and liked. He had a smile on his face at all times. You just always were happy to just see him because he was a person that epitomized the concept of Ubuntu and that he just was grateful and happy every time I saw him. I didn't know what his role would be, but he came to be like our sensei, like our, our ambassador of Ubuntu, you know. I thought he, was, he just became like our team therapist in a time that no one had a team therapist. We had one, we just didn't know it. But, but he played a very important role to our team. I was the key seller of that because I live it and I continue to live it. But uh, uh, you got to give uh, Doc all the kudos and the credit for having driven it and reminding the player throughout the season. As the season wore on, Ubuntu began to grow. It began to spread. It took over the team and it really did become a way of life. 
thanks in large part to the presence of one Kevin Garnett. Once he bought in, Ubuntu was here to stay. The newest member of the Boston Celtics, Kevin Garnett. AG epitomized the concept of Ubuntu. I mean, he had respect for others. He understood how his actions impacted others. He pushed and held people to a much higher level of work and competency. He didn't settle for guys not giving their best. When I think of it, I, I kind of think of KG because he epitomized that whole team feel. That fit right in with him. That fit right in with him. The thing about Kevin, everyone sacrificed, but Kevin Garnett sacrificed the most. And it was all right. He's a loyal teammate. He's a loyal friend. You know, he, he's everything that Ubuntu stands for. And him accepting that word and the culture, what that word meant, it meant a lot to him. Uh, this is Kevin Garnett. The way Garnett diving on the floor. Here comes Garnett. Here comes the roar. And a foul. Garnett goes right by Bargnani for two and a foul. Garnett comes up with a window to Garnett. Largest lead of the night. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. We all got him introduced to Mbutu. It was about giving yourself. It was about giving, you know, sacrificing your own for the guy to the left and the right of you. And uh, we all bought into that. We all had a role to play. And I thought that all together when we came, we all knew our roles, which is you giving out roles. Every, you know, he can score, he can do this. But I like to say that we all knew our role and we, and we ran it to the, to the T. And that's why we were successful. KG bought into Mbutu before Mbutu was bought into the team. Because he sacrificed from the jump. He took a backseat to Paul and Ray as soon as he got there. And he made it known to everyone. I'm going to lock in. If y'all need me, I'm going to be here to get a bucket. But my job, we going to go through Paul and Ray. I'm here, though. But I'm going to lock in on this defensive end. When the word in Butu started, when we started embracing the word, KG had already, you know, that was all, he, it was already pumping through his veins from the jump. For us, it was a word that can de-escalate any situation and disagreement on the court. You guys, you can hash it out. And at the end, there's no this passive aggressive, I don't like this guy, I don't like that guy. You say, Ubuntu, my brother, and then you move on from there. When adversity hit, when the argument hit, Ubuntu, my brother, like we would shoot that out there, people would instantly be like, all right, man. <laughs> Remember, this 2018, they were incredibly competitive in all aspects of their life, whether it be free throw shooting for $1,000 after practice, you know, uh, card games, dice games, whatever it was on the court, in the weight room, everything was competitive. It's the most competitive group I've ever been around as a player or coach, one through 15. I have never seen anything like it. The first practice in Rome, when Paul called his normal Paul Pierce foul, and Eddie House and James Posey decided, we're not giving you the ball. And then they went on and beat the first unit. Everything was a competition. There were many times I had to blow the whistle, even though practice was over, and say, stop playing because it just got too competitive. It was just that type of group. We had one goal. We was going to bring Banner 17 to Boston. We had one goal. And sometimes in chasing that goal, adversity hits between each other. If Baby and, and Leon Pole got into it in practice, you know, we let them you know, battle it out on the court, you know, but once it got, too much where they've already come to blows. We just step in, everybody just step in and say, hey, 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 we family. We see that for the opponent. 
we literally used to look forward to going to practice, to compete against each other. Like, we would end games and say, hey, Green, let's go. Hey, White, you better strap up tomorrow. We're going to bust our ass. We had these runs called G-Unit runs. It was the bigs. Hey, blood, no foul. Hey, we don't care if we see blood. It's no foul. You got to get fight through it. They had the same thing going with the guards. Paul used to come in, talk crazy every morning. Tony Allen, too. Everybody, I'm talking crazy to Big Baby. I'm talking crazy to KG. We all going at it, and it's in the game setting. So that's where Ubuntu comes in. It was a way of saying, like, even though we can be at each other's throats, and we were every second, every minute, on court, off court, we were like that. It was all in, I'm trying to make you the best you can be so I can be the best I can be. I got on the plane. I think I stopped to get something to eat, and Tony Allen walks on. He's like, you got something for the whole team? And I said, no. He said, you're not being Ubuntu then. And so that's when I knew. I said, they're actually living the life of Mbutu right now. If I went to the store and bought a hat and I came back with one hat for myself, it was a problem. It was a problem. It was a major problem. The first thing he would say, like, hey, you know, what about us? I see you ain't with Mbutu today. And so now you got to go back to the store and get six more hats for the guys, you know? But that's how it was. But it was for me, Kevin, Paul, it's for everyone. We would break every huddle in Ubuntu. One, two, three, Ubuntu. We would say it before we came out. We used it all the time. I believe it was either James Posey or Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce used to always start the huddle off. James Posey getting the huddle too as well and, and speak and before. So it was either, it was those two that had an impact on the on the huddle. Well, at the beginning, I had the occasion of, uh, of being in the in the hallway for our, our first home game, and the team came together as I was walking through there, and they, they, they had a huge scream of Ubuntu, and they ended up doing that almost for every game. So you could tell it, it, it was really taking on some meaning. The team used to shout in the beginning of the season, one, two, three, together in the huddle. When that's changed to one, two, three, Ubuntu, that was it. Well, you have to realize, right, we had a whole bunch of noise talkers, shit talkers. And that curtain would divide us, right? So we could hear them, but we couldn't see them. And we would start talking shit from the jump, like, yeah, they about to get it, get this heat. They ain't ready. And it was just, it was just who we were. And and we was gonna back it up. And we wanted them to get fired up. Like we wanted that smoke. So it didn't matter if they heard us or not. It was just that we wouldn't go whisper behind your back. But by the time you got in that hallway, you could see it on everyone's face. It was kill mode. For me, it was electric. It was emotional. To hear that word, to really hear that word every time, and every time I see the video, I get goosebumps. You know, it just tells me that uh, the power and desire of a team when they want to do something and through good leadership, you know, you can achieve a lot more. I heard it during that Celtics season and I, I wasn't on the team, but I, I believed in it. I was like, man, that's that's kind of my philosophy right there. I love it. That word will make you do things that you don't want to do. You feel like you can't do. The players went to, they were looking where to grab something that can help them. And that's when they jump into Ubuntu, they're like, hey, we are Ubuntu. It became exactly what we anticipated, a way of life. You know, people started feeding, talking about it, and sharing story about it, and really reinforcing the concept itself. Because they wanted to be together. They wanted to make it work. I do think KG is a culture changer, a big part of it, but they all had to buy in. And I think we had a group of guys that decided that they wanted to win. 
It's, it's very similar to South Africa. It would be my example. You know, when Nelson Mandela was released, they knew they needed change. They knew they had to change their culture, you know, to become a better country. And so they, they were looking for something. They wanted something. And I thought the same with our team. Our team wanted to win. They, they wanted to unite. And that word just gave them purpose. I think the biggest thing is everyone during that time, you know, really liked each other. Like we were at Ray's house all the time, having dinner, watching boxing matches, MMA fights, football games. Like we just did everything together. And a lot of it centered around playing cards and shooting dice and stuff like that. To watch this flourish, to watch the way that he asked the rookies research it, to watch what happened with the team, to watch how the fans embraced it, and the things that had happened since, to me is just a beautiful experience of watching a really tiny seed, something that started so small, one of those little moments that you just don't think is gonna grow into something bigger. Watch that really grow, and that's all on Doc which is exactly why I wanted to have the conversation with him in the first place. Energy possible! Oh, the energy! Keep the energy up, all right? Keep grinding, baby! All day! Chair tries a hook, it's blocked by Russell and grabbed by Heisen. Tommy Heisen with the ball. Holds it now, gives over to Russell, over to Kuzi. Kuzi bringing that ball up. Holds the ball, back out now to Heisen. Heisen fakes. Top of the circle, he shoots the jumper. It's good! One of the things that I noticed when I first took the Celtic job was how everyone loved each other, like the ex-players. Typically, when you're around a lot of ex-players and you're talking about the greatest player on that team, they usually say some like snide comments like, you know, he was hard to coach or he was this. When Bill Russell's name came up and you heard Bob Cousy and Tommy Heinsohn and Casey Jones and Zach Sanders talk about Bill Russell, they put him on a pedestal. They made, they talked about him even in higher terms and they were excited to share. So when you think about the word in Butu, Red was already doing in Butu. The Celtics had already lived in Butu. We just created the word for it and then we start doing it. I'm gonna walk the earth. That's what Boston is, is a sea of legendary greatness balled in one that you have a responsibility and an obligation to as a player. So when you suit up, you fall in line with that fraternity. You have a responsibility. And P would always express, hey man, we Celtics. Don't ever forget that. And that meant something. I'm gonna walk the earth. Garnett swinging over to Pierce. Underneath extra pass, Perkins. Wow. Where's the celebration? There it is. High old silver. <laughs> Climb on my back, Garnett says. And he did it. Well, the Celtics are going to be 12 and 0 at home, and that matches the best start of any Celtic team. 84-85. Boston Celtics starting at 12 and 0. I always said you were my favorite player to watch. Always on. Never, never disappoint. Crack so many jokes. I don't know if that's real or not. Oh, it's real. I'm joking. Hey, hey, hey. And you never disappointed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you finally got under right. You finally got under right. <laughs> Celtic pride. You know, when you walk in and you see those banners, the way KG walked in at his first opening press conference and made us all wait 20 minutes while he studied every banner out there with the great Jeff Twist, explaining to him each year and each championship, 
KG soaked it all in. So if you believe in the value of winning a banner and going for a banner and being your best, if you believe in Celtic pride on and off the court, you can get there. And so that's why it worked is because the guys who were there were not there for any other reason. Their primary reason was Celtic pride, team pride, you know, put the banner in the rafters. It was pretty clear from the beginning that that was the goal. That team just played Celtics basketball, a 21st century version of what Red Auerbach was talking about in 1962. They played Celtic ball with a, with a modern twist. And I think all Celtics fans across all generations could see it, recognize it, and appreciate it. Especially because it was leading to success. Boston ran out of the gates to a 29-3 start and breezed to an NBA-best 66 wins on the season. Ubuntu had helped the Celtics to win games, but it wasn't until the postseason that it helped them to overcome adversity, when the top-seeded Celtics met more resistance than anyone could have predicted in the first round against the eighth-seeded Atlanta Hawks. If you remember, I made a comment before the playoffs. If I had one concern about our team was we had no tests. I mean, we breezed through the season. We really did. We, we literally, we had no drama, and that scared me. He told us before the playoffs started that, guys, we haven't been tested. And we was like, we used to play Atlanta Hawks in the first round. We looked at them like, to me, we haven't been tested. Teams have tested us, but we just, we passed the test. Celtics need a three, final seconds. Rondo coming up. Doesn't look like they're going to foul. One second to go. Rondo puts it up. It's over. And a game seven is coming up Sunday in Boston. The eighth seed has forced a game seven against the Boston Celtics. Winners of 66 games during the regular season. Well, we just couldn't win in Atlanta for some reason. It's not like we was playing around or the crowd was behind them. But at the end of the day, it just showed us why we competed and fought so hard in the regular season to get home court advantage, right? Because you want a, a game seven on your home court. I want to remind y'all just one thing. Everybody wants to win. There's not one guy in this room that wants to win more than the other guy. All right? But our strength is in our numbers. I was in the locker room after the Atlanta game, and obviously there there were a lot of long faces. I think Doc and Danny did a great job of telling the team this is just one more game and we're going home to win it. So there wasn't any finger pointing or recriminations. And I think Ubuntu really did kick in at that time because it's most important in adversity to uh, to come together. And so that whole season of that attitude, I think that was very important to have that at a time of what was a you know horrendous loss. It was quiet, man. It wasn't too much talking. Guys were disappointed. And we wasn't scared. We wasn't scared at all. But guys were just kind of like, man, what the hell going on? Like, man, we got to get it right. We got two games. And they left us two days in between to actually think about the shit. That game six, you know, we lose that game. Our guys were quiet on the plane. But I thought that's where Mbutu came in. And also that's where the competitive don't push us was almost what that game seven was about. We're good, we're competitive, but don't push us because then we're really competitive. I think the, the most intense walkthrough I have ever been a part of, ever in my life, the most intense walkthrough, where it wasn't intensity like we're getting after and taping our ankles or anything like that. Like Ubuntu, my brother, wasn't working on this day. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> it was, 
the Atlanta Hawk walkthrough game seven, when I'm telling you, everybody was on edge. I don't know if it was pissed off or if it was, what are we doing? I don't, why are we even playing this game? I, don't, I have no idea what it was, but everybody was on edge. If you were like, hey, KG, what's up? What do you mean, what's up? What you mean? You got something to say? Say it. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. The shoot around. This is two and a half hours before a game. That shoot around was very intense. It was very detail oriented. We all knew one game could send us home and we didn't want to go home. And we knew what we put together for to try to handle our business, to try to win this championship and bring the championship to the city of Boston. You know, it's funny. You do things. I, sometimes you do them. You don't know you're doing them. You're doing them because you're intense and you're into preparation. Rondo Perk always talks about it. Do it again. I kept saying, do it again. We would run a side out of bounds play. Do it again. And Paul and all those guys, they said the do it again word was said 30 times in that shoot around because I would not allow them to do it average. It was just like a laser sharp focus. Coaches would love it. They would say it's coaches porn. You know, that's what it was. That's what we did that day. And coaches was proud of it. They was happy. But we still had to go finish the game. First of all, it was in the locker room. Nobody said nothing. Coaches didn't say nothing. Pre-game, nothing. It wasn't nothing to be said. Man, KG was so intense. He was already sweating. Kevin, before the game, didn't have a lot of words to say. And his lock was right next to mine. But I walked up to his lock and I said, hey, man, be who you are tonight. You are the big ticket. Be who you are, man. Nothing more, nothing less. Nothing more, nothing less. And he, he didn't say a word to me. He just nodded his head and went on about his business, you know? And when he get like that, you leave him alone. He ain't messing around at night and he gonna do whatever it takes to win this basketball game or help us win this basketball game. He's gonna do his part and more. And game seven in Atlanta, that first series, and he did it all. Now the entry to Kevin Garnett against Al Horford, turns the face, Garnett puts it to the floor, he's gonna drive, hangs in the air, clip shot is up and good. Oh, oh, oh. Give me a napkin. <laughs> Wipe my mouth, somebody. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. I forgot. I think we won by like 35 points. It was something crazy like that, but it, it was it was a spanking. It was a spanking. It should have been a sweep. It wasn't. And in game seven, they played like it should have been a sweep because that game was over fast. And we just couldn't see ourselves losing on our home court in game seven. In game seven, when I say we demolished the Atlanta Hawks, it was fun to be a part of that game. It was fun just sitting there watching that game. Cause you think about it, I'm 38 years old, so all this is like, wow, cerebral to me, like, wow, this is a major, major butt whooping for game seven. Just how the old Celtics used to do back in the day. We were not losing that game, and we were gonna win that game in great fashion. I mean, we could just feel the energy. You could feel it. No one was talking to each other pregame. You could tell everyone had it on their mind, and defensively, we jumped on them like a pack of wild hyenas and the rest was history. After we won Atlanta game seven, I knew he was gonna win the championship. I knew he was gonna win the championship. It's gonna take something drastic for us not to win the championship. Something drastic nearly did happen during game one of the NBA Finals against the Los Angeles Lakers. Bryant comes to the right, running away from the lane, he puts it up and in and Pierce has hurt his knee. Pierce goes down grabbing at his right knee as timeout is called. He could almost, uh feel the life kind of sucked out of this building. Uh, major concern for Paul Pierce as he's carried off. Paul Pierce went down midway through the third quarter and was brought back to Boston's locker room in a wheelchair. As luck would have it, Pierce would return to the court just minutes later. Oh, uh, 
This is the sight that the Subway fans want to see. And hear the ovation as he comes hopping out of the tunnel. And after he did, there was never a doubt about whether or not the Boston Celtics would soon be raising Banner 17. Paul Pierce, heart and soul, draws the foul, backs it in, and one! Paul Pierce for a chance for a four-point play! If you can go back to those tapes where uh, Paul got hurt and got reeled out, you know, and if you remember the conversation Doc was saying there, say, hey, remember what Kita from South Africa told us. You gotta overcome adversity. And uh, I think that was uh, another moment to remind the team, you know, we've been through this. We're only halfway through the journey and let's kick in. He just kept rehearsing that word, man, Ubuntu. We just really relied on it. You know, I know it sounds strange, but how can one word change a ball club? But we really relied on that word. It worked for our team. It worked for that particular team. It really worked for our team because we was all brought into the word. And the word, I think that word really got us through some hard times, especially during the playoff. Mobutu helped us get through it because we, we relied on each other. We didn't care about the outside noise, but we relied on each other, and that's all it was. In the tough times, we knew where we was going with the ball. We knew what we had to do, what each and every person brought to the table, and so we was prepared to handle that. I just want to say, we're going up against the Lakers in the finals, and there were 10 ESPN, you know, pundits were polled, you know, they were like noted on the website what their opinions were. Nine out of ten said that the Lakers would win, and I think eight out of the ten said it would be a sweep, okay? It was nine out of ten that went Lakers, and one brave person, uh, I think, said the Celtics might win in seven. And I just got to say, the guys didn't even blink, you know? They'd already gotten there, and they're like, let's go. I mean, you can't tell Kevin Garnett he's an underdog. If you do, he's going to play harder if that's possible. We celebrated being up three to one, which is a dangerous thing to do, but we managed to just sneak by the Lakers by 39 freaking points a couple days later. The hunts continue for those two. This Gatorade is now committed to NBA. I always remember players, which, which I thought would have been green Gatorade, but it was actually red Gatorade, onto Doc, and he had, he had one of his nice white shirts on. And right after that, you know, I was very close to Doc, and he came over and gave me a big hug. You know, it was almost numb. It's funny, you talk to other coaches who have won it, they always say, man, I wish I could have enjoyed it a little bit more. You know, the first thing I remember thinking was, um, we're going to get a delay of game. <laughs> I, mean, I honestly was thinking we're going to get a tech on the delay of game. They had to stop the game to wipe up the floor. But it was really cool. I don't think it's ever happened before, you know, where you get a Gatorade bath inside an arena. So that was pretty cool. I still have the suit. The shirt was sold, if you remember, for, for charity. But I keep that suit in my closet. Uh, I literally see it daily. It's a pretty cool thing to have. And after a 22-year absence, the Boston Celtics are NBA champions once again. The greatest single-season turnaround in NBA history is complete. We won the championship. We became one as an organization, the players, the, the Celtics, generations of Celtics. It's touched me in a way that it's reminded me exactly the concept of Ubuntu. It's emotional. My emotions are on the maximum, on the roof, because it just reminds me that when you undertake a journey and you stick with it, you know, with solid, 
group of people and leadership and the community is just uh, the best thing that you can have. It was a culmination for me. It was a culmination. The culmination of winning a championship was not just you know, a group of guys who committed themselves to a goal, but you know, with your best friend, your brother right there. Um, it was a culmination for me. If you could survive that, you could survive anything in basketball. Like, if you can survive that, you can also survive, you know, your life and just be extremely confident that you're going to be fine in your life. You know, like, there's nothing more intense in, from the start of 08 to the end of 08 and being around that group every single day. Like, if you can, that, that's like the gauntlet of gauntlets. It's kind of funny because the way it happened is kind of Ubuntu itself. You know, what each of us carries, we're given to share. And I didn't know that that was the purpose for which I was sharing this with Doc. That wasn't my intent. But somehow he was able to make use of it for a purpose that was bigger than either one of us. When you go through such a grinding and emotional and, and tough experience to win a championship, if you ask the guys on the team and the coaches and the uh, ownership group, it's a very bonding experience because you're always one point away from losing it. I mean, we could have lost that game, the seventh game when we came home. We lost the game in Atlanta. And when you have that adrenaline rush and a group coming together to do something that's very, very rare. When you win something as hard as an NBA title, which I don't think you know, unless you're around it, I don't think anyone understands how hard it is to win a game, let alone an NBA title. And so when you do win that and you break that barrier, you know, as Bill Parcells said, it's like having a, a blood transfusion. You're connected for the rest of your life. Being part of that unique, just emotional experience, I think bonds everybody together for life. And I think the movement Doc put in with Ubuntu, I think also has made it special because he emphasized the team aspect all the way from the front office to the, to the back office to the players. Everybody was on board with that concept, so it's made it very special. Man, it's family. It's family. Man, when you win a title like that together, the, the things we went through, it's all love, it's all family, a brotherhood that never could be broken, a bond that we have forever. The real truth of 2008 and of that team was togetherness and success. And that's the way it was. And that's also the way I want to remember it, but that's the way it truly was. That team was, that was a special ball club with some special individuals on that. We had the respect for each other. We had the camaraderie with each other. And we understood when we took the basketball court, majority of the time we won because we prepared to win. That's the key to that team. We prepared to win. We thought we should win. The word Ubuntu means I am who I am because of you. It's not a word, it's a way of life. It's about giving yourself to each other. I can't be all I can be unless you all you can be. To me, it means sacrifice. I wasn't on a team, but I, I believed in it. You know, when I first heard it, I was inspired by it, by its concepts. The Celtics had already lived in Ubuntu. We just created the word for it. Then we start doing it. So, Stephanie, to close this conversation out, you are the person who brought this concept to Doc in the first place. How do you wrap your head around what it led to and the fact that your small conversation turned into a piece of Celtics history that will never, ever be forgotten? So I guess I wrap it, my head around it by saying, by realizing that any conversation holds this explosive possibility and we just don't know it. Every passing glance, every word of kindness that I receive from someone else can have an effect 
through me on other people. Everything that, that we're engaged in every day has this kind of potential. And it was really kind of a wake-up call to me for that, that a whole lifetime is built of these moments. And some of them are very big public things, and they end up in, in things like, like the way Doc describes this championship and the way he took that little seed and and just um, watered it and, and fostered it until it was something much bigger. That's a wrap on season one of View from the Raptors behind the scenes with the Boston Celtics. I just want to say thanks to every single one of you who's listened to the podcast this season. We appreciate all of you, and please make sure you go subscribe, like, and leave us a review wherever you are listening. also want to give a shout-out to my co-hosts, Abby Chin, Sean Grandy, and Kendrick Perkins for making this such a great first season. It was a blast working with all of you. All right, we'll see you all in season two coming up in the fall. Make sure you keep your ears open throughout the summer for special emergency pods. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's PACASO.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.